Gwen's not there in the Warning, Pro-Tri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pro-Tri News. I'm your host, Kyle Glass, joined by... Two of my favorite people, Chelsea Burns and Mark Matthews. How are you guys doing? We are both deciding if you are one of our favorite peoples. Uh, given the choice between the other three people we might have on the show, he's right up there. You're in the you're in the top three other people I like to host the show with. You are also very high on my list, Kyle. Happy to be here with you and Mark. Chelsea, where are you joining us from? New country. Canada. Wow. And what are you Chelsea. doing there? I'm visiting my dearest friend, Joanna Brown, former, you know, she dabbled in triathlon. It's, we have a foot of snow. It's hard. That's quite cool. And you're looking as edgy as ever. The classic tie-dye t-shirt there and uh, a, a purple fleece. You guys didn't have the Teletubbies in the US, did you? The TV series for kids. Yeah. We did, and I actually call this my Teletubby jacket. Do you yes! Do you know who gave me each of these pieces of clothing? Go on. Okay, so this tie-dye shirt was given to me by the Bermuda Winter Race, also known as Flora Duffy, and the Teletubby jacket was given to me by another dear friend of mine, participant of the Bermuda Race, Taylor Spivey. So... They both know you very I'm, well, clearly. I'm flexing you guys that I have some really fast friends. No one else could pull that look off, Chelsea. Oh, stop it. Well, you look good yourself for it being, you know, nighttime. Thank but, you. Yeah. Right. What Mark, can you, t- can, you tell us, can you tell us a little bit about the celebration that you partake in this last weekend? Uh, Guy Fawkes Night. Yeah. I I'd only just recently heard about Guy Fawkes. So night, bonfire so. night, fireworks night, Guy Fawkes night. It's when Guy. If you're not seen V for Vendetta, the yep. movie, it's quite yep. good. So that's all about when Guy Fawkes tried to blow up Parliament and his bombs were thwarted. Um, but it's like a bit of rebellion. So people set off fireworks and have bonfire nights and sparklers and celebrate bonfire night. And loads of local villages and towns throw. Yeah, bonfire parties. So massive, great bonfire, and then a load of fireworks. So me and a few friends went to the local one near us, uh, near where we bought a new house this weekend. So that's what we were doing, mate. Yeah, I presume you saw me almost get arrested for having a sparkler. Is that why you're asking? Yeah, yeah. That I think that was reshared <sighs> on your page. So edgy stuff. That yeah. So that's my weekend, mate. So you guys aren't allowed to have sparklers in the UK, along with guns. <laughs> no, no. This was because it was hosted by some classic railway station. So it was like a very organized and structured one. We can have sparklers, just no guns, mate. Ah, I see, I see. Well, we had a big weekend of racing. Let's talk about the little ones before we talk about the big one. Uh, 70.3 Los Cabos. Rach McBride won the race. Uh, In case you didn't know, she's 44 years. They are 44 years old. Um, Pretty incredible feat to be able to win races at the age of 44, in my opinion. Yeah, not much else went on in the race. Um, Kylie Simpson came second with a swim 10 minutes slower than Rachel McBride, who isn't the best of swimmer herself. Uh, in the men, though, I'm surprised you didn't leave with our boy Trevor Foley in second place. Uh, he was pipped by uh, Adriano Engelhart, who just had a solid all-round race. To be honest. I actually ran, ran within about a minute of Trevor, so he's a good all-round runner. And then he basically won by swimming three minutes into Trevor. And then Thomas Andres Rodriguez Hernandez was third. Uh, actually, not a bad men's podium. They were leaps and bounds ahead of the rest. And I guess uh, Jackson Laundry got fourth place, but had a mechanical um, coming in. And then the he jogged around. He jogged yeah. around. He, he, he ran a 117 run, which is you know not an act of war for Jackson Laundry. No. Um, we also had Moselle Bay in South Africa. Um, a bunch of South African athletes raced. However, Emma Pallant Brown. Won the race uh, quite handily, almost nearly 10 minutes um, over Magda. Uh, Newwood. Mm. That's the one. That's yep. the one. 
Are we going it's with interesting because Emma Pallant must almost be South African. Um, she's probably eligible for a passport. And then the only other two people that weren't South African in the race she was to take that would be the third place female, Julie Aspasleton. No idea. Let's go with that. Yeah. She's not, she's Norwegian, is that? And then there was another Norwegian male. Otherwise, it was an all South African field. So the man was Bradley Vice, Matt Trotman, and Cameron McNair. I mean, sort of predictable that Emma Pallant would win, right? Yeah, easily predictable. I I mean, looking at the women's race, I didn't know any of the names, so I figured it would probably be a handful. Well, no, Mike has done a better race in there. But, I mean, to be fair to Emma, she flew back from St. George to South Africa to race this, what, nine days later. Well, that's quite a tight turnaround with a transatlantic flight. But, uh, yeah, pretty sedentary for her. Um, and oh, Go on. The men's race, I was just going to chat. Uh, Bradley Weiss wins his first race of the year. Uh, second place, Matt Troutman, only about 50 seconds behind. And then third was Cameron McNair. Yeah. is that Was it Matt Troutman that ran down Bradley Weiss to take South Africa Ironman, was it? Or was that someone else? Or did Bradley um, Weiss win that? No, nah, Bradley Weiss didn't win that one. He, okay. Yeah, I think he was second. That one, I think maybe Matt Troutman or Kyle Buckingham won that one. Before we dive into Bermuda, can I as a uh, can I do an early hot take? Because we just mentioned Emma Pallant Brown. Go ahead. Or do I do I have to sort of wait for that? So no. someone messaged me, um, a guy I chat to quite a lot, nice guy, and listens to the show a lot. Uh, Jeff, he messaged me the screenshot of Emma Pallant's results um, from the season and points out that how is she only possibly number fourteen in the. PTO list I kind of I'm a bit torn on it right like I know performance wise as an athlete she deserves to be higher than that no you know no not not debating that but his his taking it reminded me a little bit of and Pat will know that when you athletes have and Pat's just joined us by the way holding a tiny baby hey Pat how are you I've got a 19 day old here so I apologize for my tardiness um, but I'm here Thanks. So and I've got I've got George with me. Perfect. So I was just about to say, Pat. So and Pat will help vouch me here. When the athletes are signing contracts these days, they uh, have bonuses against races, and they nearly all care about. We spoke about it before the bonuses they care about: seventy point three world champs, Ironman world champs. Maybe they care a little bit about your PTO race, and then they'll give you a small bonus against all the seventy point three and Ironman races. What they all have that I've seen so far is a cap for the maximum amount of bonuses you can win off just doing lots of 70.3 races. And that's because they don't want you to rinse a load of money off them for doing a whole bunch of 70.3 races that don't really matter. Now, if Emma Pallant was to be, if you just look at her massive list of results, she would have a bonus cap against these races. You know, 70.3 Mosel, 70.3 Zamzi, 70.3 Alzheimer, 70.3 Luxembourg, Mallorca and Rissioni, Challenge Rissioni. They're all races she's won. But they're all like bottom tier races. Don't get me wrong, she's a top tier athlete. But just because she's racked up loads of these bottom tier wins, Ross, I sorry, Jeff, I, I don't think deserves to have one of the very top spots in the PTO ranking. You've got to turn up to a massive championships and do exceptionally well, which to be fair, she did at the World Champs 70.3. But that's it in a big year. Yep. That's sort of my take on it. A hundred percent. You nailed it. And I think um you know, speaking from inside baseball that I that I have, the marketing managers that are in place uh, at most of these big, uh, we'll, we'll call it, we'll use bike brands as an example right now. Uh, they understand, I'd say more than ever, where the best races are. So you're seeing a little bit better comprehension and, and probably shielding of this tactic of, hey, I'm going to go to four you know, mediocre 70.3 races and just punch in my, my, my bonuses for the year. So I think now more than ever, uh, you're seeing an awareness around what we call, you know, tier one, two, three, and even four races. So yeah, obviously, um, <clears throat> Emma Pallant Brown came to the biggest race in that distance in the world and, and got third. But when you reflect on her total calendar, she has probably what I would argue is only one very standout race. Yeah, I, I and just to just before we get backlash on this, I, th- I don't think either me or Pat are disputing that the caliber of athlete she is 
is better than her portfolio of races suggest. So she can slot herself in the very top of the PTO rankings, and you could argue a case that she could beat a lot of them. But with her portfolio of races, I think That's we're right. both saying she hasn't demonstrated it. That's right. That's I'm going to make one argument for Emma Pallant Brown, just because that's the kind of show we are. Um, Emma beat Ashley Gentle, who's ranked third in the world twice this year at 70.3 European champs and at the Challenge Family Championship. So I understand uh, being in the top 10. Hmm. I just, again, European champs to me is a tier 2.5 race. And then whatever that challenge family race is, we're going to say tier three at best. So I just don't think that the the quality of field is. It's Ashley Gentle, the third ranked athlete in the world. Yeah, but then when it mattered, Ashley Gentle smoked her. Yeah. PTO races. She smoked everyone by miles. The only okay. problem is, is the PTO race that she did do, the Canadian Open, she got a mechanical and a DNF. Yeah, okay. So you have to, but but we now know the PTO rankings, they're weighting their races heavier. Mm-hmm. You have and to one Ironman race, and she's not complain, done. You cannot complain about the PTO rankings if, you know, granted there was a mechanical and some some other mishaps, but that's that's the merit of this. That's what they're moving towards. They want people to go to their races, and, and I fully support that. Fully supportive of that. If so, you're going to pay the cash, you can make the rules, right? That's right. That's right. So, yeah, I think enough of that, Kyle. I, I, fair point, fair point. But I think we're, you know, I think we all, we're good here. So before we move on, Kyle, has anyone supported our show this week going forward? Uh, actually, Waterfall Bank is big sponsor of the podcast. Um, they're big sponsor of triathlon overall. And something that's just been announced this week is their pro, uh, what's it called exactly, Pat? It's a pro project. So now they've got, uh, you have the opportunity to come live in Boulder. You're going to be rent free in an awesome house in North Boulder. And if you don't understand, Talbot will uh, shed some light on how quickly you can get to amazing training if you live in North Boulder. And we're talking minutes from your door. You are. So who can do this? Athletes, 18 to 24 athletes that want to. Basically, it's a quest to be a professional for next year. So elite age group athletes. So you're going to live in a house for free. You're going to get $1,000 a month, and you're going to have a chance to live in what Mark will dispute as triathlon Mecca, one of two of the best places you could be for triathlon. You're going to be in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, super, super cool opportunity. And yeah, I think more more to come on this, but massive uh, shout out to Waterfall Bank and to Waterfall Racing for creating this opportunity for for someone. And if you want to apply, go to waterfallracing.com and then click the apply to the pro project link. And then you'll be able to fill out all your information. And then I believe it's going to be announced within the next couple of weeks. I wonder how many of our listeners are 18 to 24. <laughs> we do we do great in that demographic, Chelsea. Don't yeah, you worry. Okay. Uh, and, and across the, both male and female, and all the ethnic diversity groups as well, <laughs> completely balanced across all all you know all of those categories, Chelsea. Something tells me our uh, listenership trends white. What do you think? I would say white, uh, forty to fifty-five um, body fat percentage, twenty to twenty-five percent. Um, and probably earning somewhere between sixty and a hundred thousand dollars a year. Uh, if this fits you um, and you feel alarmed, welcome to the club. Basically. Uh, also, this is Talbot, by the speaking, way. Speaking, uh, speaking, speaking of body fat percentage. <laughs> I joined. I joined the podcast a little late. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if they're. It's people just listening to the show. I'm sure everyone knows of the local kid who's trying to make it pro, or knows of someone, so they could take this drag message it to them, whether it's someone they follow on Instagram or anything like that, let them know about this opportunity because it is, I, I chatted with Ben on the phone for about an hour and a half and we're going to plan to work with him on creating some media around it. And it is going to be a pretty cool little project they're doing. Not little big project. So yeah. A big little project or a little big project. Little big project. But before I, I joined in at the call, right. When we were talking about a little bit of the PTO races. I just wanted to make note. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. But it is interesting to see, as you're arguing with Ashley Gentle, some athletes do race better at the 100K distance than they do at the 70.3 distance, i.e. 
Ashley Gentle hasn't had phenomenal 70.3 racing. Uh, and then some athletes race way worse at it. Like look at someone like Lionel Sanders because that swim is just too long. Aaron Royal is another example. He's done pretty fair, pretty well at the 100K distance. So. The other argument there could be they race one at the 100K prize pot races. So Ashley Gentle goes particularly well when she's about to win $100,000 rather than 15,000 euros in Europe for a 70.3. That is true too. So that, you know, you can't necessarily infer that, but it's a fair point and it is probably true to The debate, Talbot, was about Emma Pallant-Brown being ranked outside of the top 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Season, so. We've covered it pretty thoroughly, mate. Pretty so thoroughly. Let's dive the in thing of the, race, the, the biggest race of the weekend, WTCS so Bermuda. Good. So good. I mean, Chels, do you want to take it yeah. away? But I absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, I agree. It was really fun to watch. I think that, number one, it's been a while since there was a World Series and a World Series on a great course like that and just really good racing. Did you all watch? Yeah, I was glued yeah. to it. And I'm, I think before Talbot slates the commentators, I'm fortunate enough to have the BBC commentary, which is actually pretty damn good as far as triathlon commentary goes. I, I wasn't going to hit the commentators till the end, but this is still just makes me curious. Are we just biased that it was such a deep field, or is this just that much more entertaining than Super League? I mean, I, was, I watched the entire race. It wasn't even that deep. It wasn't a deep field at all. I think that's what made it, it – that was even more interesting, was that we were missing some of the biggest – I mean, we're missing both the number one ranked people yeah. on the series on both sides. Um, and, wow. and other people that are ranked in the top five on both. But it was still a really fun watch, race to watch, both for the men and the women. Pat? I think I think part two to that, Talbot, is <clears throat> you have uh, a fantastic course. Obviously, there were people, so there was an energy that was felt even just viewing it. You know, you felt like triathlon was super And a huge cool. energy, right? Yeah, so you, that, was, that was awesome to see. Um, I think part two, I don't know if it's because World Triathlon has been at this venue now a few times. I thought the coverage, I was watching the whole thing with, I, I watch all these races with no sound because I typically have them on in the kitchen and Stanley's around. Um, I just thought the coverage of the race was fantastic. So the different camera angles, the there, there's zero interference. I thought with the front motorbike and the way that they nothing at all. So I, I just think it was from a fairness standpoint, it was the most fair triathlon I've seen all year, uh, without a question. And then the actual just coverage of it uh, was was fantastic. So I think if you're a brand uh, and you're looking at ITU and you were comparing it to other properties in the triathlon space. ITU made a pretty compelling case uh, of like one of their, their standout events. Another thing on that, literally everything was that it was of note was covered, even though neither one of these moves were at the front of the race, you got to see perfectly the move where uh, in the women's race, Maya Klingler dropped the group she was in and bridged to go catch Flora Duffy. And then you saw the moment too, also on the hill when Taylor Nib caught that group and dropped them, which I thought were probably two of the more impressive moves of the race. And neither one of them was leading the race. So it wasn't like the camera was on the leader the entire time. Um, but yeah, it was just, you were able to see everything, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And to then pick up on the points you're talking about, King ride was so impressive, right? Duffy, yeah. When Duffy has 20K, no one's going across. No one. And she skipped across with a massive effort and settled in. It was a shame she had a she'd obviously nasty sprain in her ankle in the week leading up to the race. Um, so she she couldn't really run to her potential. But I mean, she was never going to race Duffy. But she was she was looking good for a second place. There, really impressive from her. Yeah, and I think too. I mean, our two uh, warriors from Saint George went one two. So it was cool that they weren't totally depleted from that either. But. Yeah, and then we obviously had some other impressive performance. I mean, the highlight for me at the women's race was was just Duffy. And I know I slated her for drafting or something and she doesn't like me now, but that was one of the most joyous things to watch. Just like her, her in her hometown where she's clearly like absolutely queen of the island. Hundreds of people screaming for her and her just, the pressure's like it was nothing. Just completely dominates the entire field. It was I, amazing. I, 
I love the camera shots because I wasn't even watching Flora during the race. I was watching the people on the yeah. side of the streets during the run because they all you could tell how excited they were. They all had their phones out there all recording and all that. And it just I mean, I got like little goosebumps again. It was it was really, really cool to watch. If you didn't watch, you should definitely tune in. Should you hit the results for the people that didn't tune in real quick? Top like the podium? Yeah, the podium in the women's race. Uh, Flora Duffy was at the front of the race the entire time. Had the fastest run of the day um, through all of that was first. Uh, second place was Taylor Nib, who had a really solid ride. Um, I think that had it been dry and less technical, maybe we would have seen her catch Flora, but was not able to. She actually lost time to her in Kingma. And third place was Beth Potter who ran through from the second group had a really yeah, ran through a lot of people. Yep. And then I'm surprised you're still here, Chelsea, because you said on, I quote, if Vince wins this, I'm going to die on our group. How did you enjoy it? He was sheer excitement. after a little injury break. Um, yeah, no, I think the men's race was fun to watch because you haven't seen a successful breakaway in a really long time. It's been a while since I think that the one in Leeds, which was coincidentally also Vince when he uh, forgot to get off his bike and kind of bobbled that breakaway success. It has been a big, massive group and then just a run race for so long. So I did enjoy seeing those guys work pretty hard up front and stay away. I did really believe in Alex's ability to run them down, but it looked like he was far more exposed than he's been in a really long time. Um, was actually outrun by two Spaniards from the chase group. So the I podium. Thought he, I thought he maybe rode a little bit too much. He he seemed really yeah. prevalent on the front of that bike pack at the start through the, maybe the first thirty k on the bike, and I just I wonder why. Like chill, mate. I think I mean the guy's light as a feather. You'd think uh, a course with this many hills would benefit him. I think he probably felt quite a bit of pressure. So we can talk about the points in the series in a second. I think Kyle wanted to touch on that just because a lot of people don't quite understand, but this was kind of his opportunity. Hayden Wild was missing. Hayden Wild is winning the series and Alex Yee winning or even getting a podium would have put him in a really good position for Abu Dhabi to take the series. Um, he was fifth in Bermuda, which is a solid result, but definitely didn't do anything to put him above Hayden. So I don't know. He skipped the Super League series to focus on this, these last two um, World Triathlon Series races. So I don't know. I, I mean, it was still a great race. It's a really hard course, and he did ride quite hard, but wasn't his usual running self and decided to run with the Norwegians, who were also very, very impressive to me. I think yeah, that was, to, that to was turn that around, we won't dwell on if they get enough coverage yeah. from us, but to turn that around, I mean, incredible, right? Yeah, now very impressive. I think the swimming <laughs> and the running, they weren't, I guess, breaking away on the bike, but yeah, solid races after the year they've had. Vince, Vince had an yeah, unstoppable think... race. We said it in our group text as well. The only thing that was stopping him was a Tesla. Yeah, he was. You were the only one that said that, Talbot. He's, he was very good, wasn't he? And he commanded that group on the bike, and he looked. He just looked yeah. solid throughout. Really good to see, and it's great to see him back on top. First, first World Series win since what 2019, 2020? Yeah, I would think. I think maybe twenty nineteen. He last won a World Series race. Yeah, which is yeah, amazing. He's world, he was world yeah. champion in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I think that was his last World Series. I think well, he, won the sprint. he won the sprint in Montreal in June. Yeah. Was that World Series? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Take it back. He's Take had quite a few yeah. injury problems, I think, in the past year or two. So, um, so what, Chelsea, um, can you talk us through the points? Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea. Okay. Chelsea. I don't want to hear from Chelsea. Spanish no, that's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know the two, the two Spanish. The two Spanish men that were in the race, obviously they were very good. Now I've been a little bit out of it. Who do you know? Are they young? I mean, this seemed like a new generation. Like obviously it was like, you know, replacing somebody like a Mario Mola and a Javier Gomez. Can you give us a little bit of an understanding as to who these two guys are and where they've come from? Yeah. Um, I think they're kind of in that, in the middle generation. They're definitely not super young. I think maybe they're 
95, 96ers. This is Surratt and Sanchez, who are second and third. Um, definitely pretty consistent World Cup podiumers, not World Series podiumers, but the Spanish have a pretty successful program. I think that you're seeing the torch pass from the – I mean, Mario Mola was in this race. He was pretty off the back from the swim. But I think that the new crop is definitely rising in Spain, and they've had some really fast – runners and great triathletes so um i mean i think they have some even younger guys the birth years around the 2000s that are actually racing pretty well too so just more and more new faces i think that's kind of the the age of the hayden wild and alex yees that are the guys that are running for podiums now and it makes people like vince and flora um geriatric really and, right, and one, thing, one, one, one thing yeah. worth noted, though, Pat, before you move on, both of those athletes had the two fastest run splits on the day. And I think a lot oh, of people were yeah, like, yeah. how is Yella, Yella Geens and um, Alex E not, not catching these guys? I mean, even myself, I was like, oh, it's only a matter of time before these guys pop. And both of them held on with the two fastest runs of the day. So it was pretty impressive. I think they were tactically better. Yella Geens went out like the absolute clappers at the start of the run and – I think Alex did too much work on the bike. This is just speculation. But those two, you didn't see it, didn't see them at all until they just came off the bike and just just ran for it. It was very impressive. Yep. So my question was going to be about get into go on. Points. The points. The points. So, where, right, so what's the, how does it work and where where do we stand and what's the possible outcomes in Abu Dhabi? Okay, so a pretty significant change that happened this year was up until this year, all races were weighted differently whether they were Olympic distance sprint or super sprint. So an Olympic distance carried the full weight to win. You get a thousand points and it drops from there. The grand final has always been more points, but this year, I think some of the athletes complained that there weren't enough Olympic distance races to make it fair that all the sprints and super sprints were weighted less. So world triathlon decided in the middle of this series to actually change the weight of the points. So every race beginning with Hamburg 2021, which was actually the first race of this series up until Abu Dhabi, which will happen in uh, three weeks here, will be weighted with, well, Abu Dhabi will be 1250 and then everything else is a thousand. So it makes, it's kind of interesting because up until now, all those Olympic distances have been worth more. So Bermuda would have been more important. So everything is now weighted the same. And for the series, you're, four best scores plus the grand final count towards your overall result. So as the series goes on, some people at the beginning obviously don't have the maximum amount of scores. And so as it goes on, they will jump in rankings as they kind of fill out with those four. Um, So if you pull up the world triathlon series rankings, their system is actually really good for laying it out. It's very clear. Uh, You drop down from the name and you kind of see those scores that are bolded um you can see for example that georgia has three firsts and a second i think hayden's got something like three firsts and a third um and it just kind of drops from there so that's how it works did that should i elaborate more and then obviously so the current the current world rankings uh, for the overall championships, you have George Taylor Brown uh, leading with Flora Duffy. Now they're mm-hmm. so close that whoever wins in providing they're both right at the top, which we expect them to be, whoever wins in Abu Dhabi wins the World Series, right? That's correct. Right. And but the men's is a little bit different. Does Hayden Wild not have enough fudge that if he comes second and Alex E wins, he still wins the series? So Alex needs someone to split them. Correct. Correct. So he's hoping for like Leo Berger to turn up really well and do a job on Hayden Wild, someone like that, and take the win himself, which is harder for him, isn't it? You don't want to have destiny in someone else's hands. Funny enough, you mentioned that name, Mark. Is Leo Berger still actually has a chance as well? If something happens and Alex E is fourth or lower and Hayden's sixth or lower, Leo Berger could still win the championship. Interesting. He's had a good season, hasn't he? Um, and it's it's kind of interesting the strategy you saw both. Hayden and Georgia skip Bermuda. They could have both had the opportunity to each get one more first, which would have given them a perfect score and basically be unbeatable in Abu Dhabi. Now Georgia has the potential, obviously, to be beaten by Flora. So um, there is a lot of strategy involved. And 
Hayden and Georgia obviously spent the last six weeks gallivanting around the world for the Super League Tour, which was a great financial decision for them, but uh, maybe didn't allow them to 100% put the series forward. Um, but I think this this particular year, 2022, that included 2021, a few races at the end also, was a little bit, we're kind of still having a few lingering effects of COVID messing things up. There were a few races that were quality of field, not so high, um, that kind of lets people get some easy points. But ultimately, I don't think you can, I think there's talk of having races be affected by quality of field. But I mean, everyone is, yeah, you just race who shows up and everyone is entitled to show up at the race. So I don't think that, yeah. And speaking of the cash for it, like, so if whoever wins of Georgia or Flora will take home, uh, what's that, $110,000 if they win the Grand Series and then they get the WTS Grand Final win as well. So that's $110,000 paycheck there. Um, But what's great about the prize money in this is it, it doesn't steep off really quickly either. So second in the final, sorry, second in the final and second in the series would still take you home uh, $77,000. So big money on the line. Yeah. Do you have those those numbers pulled up? I don't know exactly, but I think... Yeah, I've got them pulled bonus up. Bonus yeah. pool, yeah, for, for first in the series is something like 80K. It's, like it's 80K for first, 55 for second and 37. But then the WTS grand final race has 30 grand for the win, 22 for second, 16 for third. And obviously the same people will be earning the same thing, you would think. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of money. What and else that, we got um, on this week? Oh, sorry, go on, Charles. Oh, I was just going to say, you can, if you have never been to triathlon.org, it's a fascinating website. So you can check out all those rankings. They have all those results cataloged from the beginning of time. And um, you can check out that. It's that basically what a professional governing body website should look like, right? It's it right. is the that is why it is people don't realize this is it is the world governing body of triathlon, the PTO and Ironman and Challenge are franchises or businesses run in the background. The triathlon.org or WTCS is sorry, um, World Triathlon is the governing body, and you can see why. Like the start list, the results, the ranking, athletes, prize money, the rules, the regulations, the committee meetings, everything. It's completely transparent. And it's it's really refreshing. So Very. tune in. Are they going to keep the points like that in twenty three and twenty four, or when are they? What are I they think doing about these? So they're not going. Yeah. So when did they? Sorry, when did they? So when did they make that amendment to the the twenty two rankings? Um, I think it was around the time of after Hamburg this year. I, don't quote me on that, but it was definitely sometime this summer. Great. There was some yeah, complaints cool. with the points they were doing for the super sprint, the Montreal. They were going to have that weighted somewhere between what the sprint is worth and what the Olympic is worth yeah. because it was it, two races. They were going to have it, yeah, they were going to have it 87.5%. Correct. Yeah. And yeah, interesting. The, it, on here, the points decrease by seven point five percent for from the twelve fifty. So That's second right. place, which would be eleven fifty six. So is there any way that Georgia can even get second and went still beat Flora? No, or is the math just not add up? No, it doesn't work. It's whoever wins the series, whoever wins that race wins the series. If it's one of those two, it gets more complicated due to the percentage drop off after that. But yeah, yeah but basically, we expect one of those to win, and uh, whoever does wins the whole lot. I can't believe yeah. we're already at the end of the season. It's kind of crazy to me. Christmas is coming. No, it's not. Uh, don't remind me. I put my parents' Christmas lights up on their house yesterday. Sorry, I can barely hear you, actually, Kyle. Your um, your noise cancelling block <clears throat> on the back right corner of your room's falling off. Um, so it's distorting your noise. <laughs> How is George still sleeping? Um, dude, this is just his, this, he's getting ready for a big night. So don't, don't you worry. He'll be up all night. Um, <laughs> it seems final, final point on Abu Dhabi is, is it seems like we've had races there with some, uh, there seems to be, you know, there was that one year there was like the freak rainstorm and there was tons of crashes. 
there always seems to be some sort of surprise when we when we get onto the Yaz Marina F1 track. Uh, do we New think course. there's going to be some yeah. sort of is it, is it on the F1 track or not? Nope. Not at all? Nope. I don't know. I think the F1 race is one week before, and I'm not that sure. That is correct. That is correct. It's, yep. <laughs> I've got that from our F1 correspondent here. But the race, new venue, yeah. So we won't be going okay. through the tunnel of death where I have also one, crashed. One thing I can guarantee, though, is there will still be absolutely no fans there. Correct. <laughs> I think they're expecting some very hot conditions too. So, wait, why is there not going to be any fans? Because it's uh, UAE. It's the it's the middle of the UAE, mate. It's not it's not necessarily the hottest for mass participation sport out there. Though there is some, and it's growing. Even even though it's Aqua Bike World Championship for age groupers, <laughs> even so, and age group triathlon age group age group World Championship, right? Or no, it should be. It should have some fans, surely. Maybe, yeah. Maybe some people doing one of the world triathlon races out there might be there. Yeah, possibly. It won't be Bermuda though. Bermuda is my favorite race. That was amazing. How anyway, many? How many, of the, Come on. how many of the aqua bike athletes do you think are going to go watch the triathlon? That's what I want to know. All right, we got right. some more races to dive into. Only no, one more race. Them, we already oh, did think, them. Oh. You missed them. I'm sorry. Did you want to talk about uh, Los Cabos and Trevor Foley getting second place with us? We've done it. We've All right. Not really. All we got left is uh, the 70.3 coming up this weekend in Melbourne, Australia. Um, you have Nicholas Free, Steve McKenna, and Caleb Noble for the men's race, for the women's race, Lottie Wilms, Rad Kaufelt, Ellie Salthouse, Amelia Watkinson, Grace Theck. I'm sure I'm missing a few, but. Um, what do you guys think? Thoughts, comments, concerns? Can't wait. Excited <laughs> to, see to follow see the results. Amazing. Um, <laughs> I, right, can we go? Can we go into some hot takes? And did you um, did you cover this last week about the? I just, sorry, I, did, I haven't had a chance to listen. Did you cover about the uh, positive drug test from South Africa last week? No. No. Oh, oh, there was a positive drug sample testing last week from Anna Watkinson. Well, it's not last week. She actually got the 12th of October. She was charged. Um, Anna Watkinson came second in Ironman South Africa. She's put a statement out on her page. Um, she's been tested for uh, metabolites or markers. Essentially, it's an old school anabolic steroid, mestanolone, um, which is a bit odd because... I'm not unless it's used as a masking agent or something. It's a really old school kind of Eastern block steroid. Um, she tested positive for it quite a long time ago, and it sounds like she's been fighting since. Um, so she hasn't been participating in um, the races basically since South Africa. And actually, she was suspended from all activities from the 11th of January 2022. So they backdate that. So. I'm not quite sure when her sample was, but she's put a statement out of it. I'm not looking at it now. It's on her Instagram page. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the first of the big ones we've had this year and probably. But, yeah, there you go. And, and that's not to be accused uh, or accused of Amelia Watkinson. That's their no, this is athletes. Anna Watkinson, yeah. yes, yeah, who yeah, came yeah. second to Ruth Asser and Ironman South Africa earlier in the year. Yeah, yeah pretty odd drug choice. A uh, pretty strong statement in her defense, having all the usual B samples and stuff like that done. But yeah, if you don't put rule the line somewhere and take faith in the labs, then we're on that ever losing battle. So we'll wait to see what the case of appeals are. But yeah, there you are. Hmm. Wow. Um, the only other thing would be the points rankings if we want to chat about that. Sorry, can I just tell you there's one more big race happening on Saturday? Oh, boy. Here we go. There yes, is Chelsea. a. Hang on, it's the outer it's the outer Hebrides Triathlon Championship <laughs> Super Sprint Junior Drafting. No, smartass, that's not it. <laughs> NCAA Championships. Oh, same thing. It's in Phoenix, Arizona. Tempe, Arizona. Yep, hosted by SU. These could all be right. your stars of 2028. Tell them all to apply. Tell them all to apply for the waterfall bank. 
Okay, I know we have a lot of listeners of the podcast, too, that come to these races because people come up to me and they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you're on the podcast because everyone else is so dumb. And I'm like, you know, I'm here for you. So I just want to make sure these people know that we care about their races. Oh, my word. Okay. After, after insulting us blanketly, do you want a response to that? Or just, no. Just, do I need to play an excitement yeah. for the NCAA? I thought NCAA, is that not the dodgeball tournament from dodgeball? Is that not? No, it's not. What's that? Oh, that's obscure sports quarterly. Got it. Sorry. Hey, we win the Olympic medal count every year, so don't hate too much. And, and I can't take the piss now that you've got 70.3 and Ironman champions, so... America yeah, that is it true. right now. America that is it. true. I do want to address something I told Aaron Royal we would address. Uh, that was the Canadian athlete. Don't remember the name. Uh, had the penalty uh, in transition for being late to the pro meeting. Chelsea, do you know much more on this? Uh, no, and the that, rule. Was thing, that was a thing in World Triathlon for a long time. If you missed the briefing, you uh, – what was it that you couldn't yeah, – you had to dive in late or something? No, I he, had, he received a 15 second penalty in T1. Yeah. yeah. Good. And and he was last to get on the pontoon and choose his position for the race. Yeah. I think that's a super fair penalty. You got to take I your agree. job seriously. I agree. Although, I it's so rude when you go to a race briefing and athletes just don't turn up or they turn up late when you're, you're sort of, it's compulsory to be there. To his defense, he did not go because he picked up a stomach bug. Was that, that was the same very- guy? I believe it was. I could be See, wrong. I thought it was if a I'm different wrong. guy. I thought it was... No, no, no. That, that was that was Aaron Royal. He was forced to go to briefing one time because he, when he was sick, per their rule. Yeah, that's okay. not the same guy. This guy was just so, late. So Charles Charles Paquette was late nah. to briefing. I used to train with Charles. Um, my thought on it is is there were 110 athletes that made it on time. If you're the 111th that misses it, that's on you. Um, now not going the world triathlon forcing you to go when you're sick, I've got a little bit different take on, but as far as being punctual, I don't have a lot of mercy for whatever happened. Um, because everybody else was on time. I mean, crazy traffic, you know, lots of roads in Bermuda. Yeah. 110, mate. Uh, I, I, I just think I love the rule. I would love even if Iron Man could adopt it. Uh, right. I, even it, even in Edmonton, you had all Nicole Spirig just completely missing the pro meeting and then riding 10 meters behind the athlete's wheel the next day. I love the rule. I think, I think it's, I think that PTO should adopt it. I, I agree. Completely agree. Hey, last hot take for me. Um, have we, did we speak about the guy leading Ironman Florida? Getting hit by a car. My boy Robert Swan, no. So this is after, is it St. George, where there are two people racing hit by cars in St. George whilst racing? And then this guy is leading Ironman Florida and gets wiped out by a car, skipping an in-state. Now, I joke American bash a little bit, but it's just feeling like racing is just not appealing in America right now. And maybe I'm making a link to America, or maybe I should be blaming Ironman for not having safe courses. But it's just not acceptable. Like, you can't be holding a race that's so dangerous that whilst racing, even a world champs, you can just get hit by someone skipping a junction. To me, it's crazy. I just can't bring myself to... Iron Man expects us to spend $1,000 for an Iron Man or $500 for a 70.3 and they cannot guarantee our safety. That's the thing that I have a hard time with. And they're over here taking home one to two million dollars from just from race registration. I understand it costs money to put on races, but at some point, like our safety has to be a higher priority. And like if you're gonna go and race there and you're from another country, you you really need to make sure or even train there, like if especially Florida, that you have an awful lot of insurance, a huge amount of insurance. So the guy that has hit this guy in Florida, his his minimum personal liability insurance, so how much he has to have to cover people he hits with his car, is $0. In Texas, where Catwater hit, is $30,000. In Germany, it's 7.5 million euros. I put this on the group. So 
they've got no chance, right? Like, once you're hit in this race, Ironman aren't paying a penny. They don't accept any liability for it. The driver will pay virtually nothing for it. It's just it's just a traffic violation. And unless you've got great insurance, you're you're stumping that yourself. So, is it Robert? His name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, get well soon, mate. I hope I hope everything. I hope he's all right. That's super that bad luck, you know. It's not just bad luck, really. It's just unacceptable. It just sucks because he had a he had. For him, he had a bad race in Kona, so he was like, I'm going to do Ironman Florida, get my Kona spot early, and off we go, and then that happens. So, Anyway, Crazy. sorry, didn't want to end on a bit of a downer. I just I just think we should address some of those ridiculous things going on in the World of Triathlon. I agree. Do you want to talk about uh, PTO rankings to lighten the mood a little bit? <laughs> Always. Let's get Pat's talk about how much he enjoys them and we can we can finish on that high instead. I mean, do you guys have any arguments or qualms about the way that the top 10 shook out for... I mean, this is basically going to be the end of the year rankings. There will be very minimal changes coming out of this for the next month. Look, I think, it, I think we can all agree the top 10, it's pretty close. I think that on the women's side, we're all scratching our head how Ann Haug is ranked number one. No disrespect, but I think that's confusing for us to comprehend. And I think I think we can all look at the men's ranking and go, we're okay there. Uh, ultimately, I think you know what we've been told is in the works is there's going to be a we'll call it a reconditioning of the point structure for PTO Uh, in 2023. uh, Well, Mark, you're little, you're cutting in and out there, Mark. We'll give him a second. Um, So I, I, I think we'd love to just see a little bit more clarity ahead of time. We are probably pretty over, hitting refresh on Mondays and Tuesdays to see where the points come in and out for with respect to the PTO. And we love to have this. uh, We'd love to have the clarity and framing that world triathlon gives us with their point system. Am I, would I I think everybody on the call can agree? Yep. 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 Yeah. I don't have any, I don't have any opinion other than the women's race the women's rankings but i mean you look at the top 10 and you're like yeah the top 10 is pretty freaking accurate but then you look like 11th through 20th and you're also like hmm those people all had great seasons too like it's kind of crazy that the women's field is so stacked to me i don't know why it's crazy but did they have great seasons too though uh I mean, I think they're all very well placed where they should be. Yeah, I, look, I think that I think we we'll all agree the PTO is doing a great job. They just they need to sort this points thing out, and then we'd all be we could you know go on to the next issue. Um, I do you guys do you guys think that if a, if an athlete gets injured that they should roll out of the top ten? No, no. What, what, are well, you I thinking think that? Should, I think only their points should determine that. So it's in the case of if you're if you roll if you miss obviously two of the biggest races, you're not going to score points at them. I don't think that there should be some holding place if you have a some sort of injury. I just look at like Alistair Brownlee ranked seventh in the world, hasn't raced since August, didn't do any of the big races. Yeah, I'm not sure how he has the seventh place ranking. I mean, he 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 won't finish in the. Uh, he raced all those races. We'll had raced them all in the calendar year. There's not like there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, all, every single one of his points. I mean, he raced in the 2020 year. All of his points are going to come yeah. from that. I mean, Alistair's an incredible athlete. Just because someone gets injured. Yeah. So, but they were, but those points were, those points were done at, you know, his Ironman in Sweden or the 70.3s that he won. So they weren't done. They weren't gathered at what we would call tier one races. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, You know, Talbot, close us out of this podcast. Like, you know, like you can do. (laughs) Well, I just want to thank everyone for listening along. Uh, 
I don't know if you tuned into the World Triathlon Series race, but you can totally rewatch it. I know a lot of people watch YouTube and stuff, World Triathlon. You can get on their website, pay like uh, maybe, what is it, 70 bucks. You can watch their races. It's If you're a long-distance athlete and you don't follow short course, I highly encourage you to get into this because it is actually a pretty engaging series, and it is really fun to watch. And plus, all of you are massive Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden fans now, so now you can – Definitely watch your boys race in Abu Dhabi. But uh, lastly, oh, what, Pat? Ah, I had a hot take that I just remembered, but I'll let you close it out. We'll try to save it for another <laughs> one. Good. If it, if it was about the Norwegians, I want to say something too, but we'll, we'll hit it, it later is about the, It's about Gustav. It's about Gustav. Oh, then let's hit it because I want to say something about the Norwegians as well because I completely <laughs> – or close it out the show and you guys are like, ah, no, but, but I, I wanted to say this, but I didn't have a moment to say it. I just don't think that there's any such thing as a Norwegian method. The Norwegians are terrible. None of them are good. None of the females are good and none of the males are good. These guys, Thor, all those are all the other guys, the Norwegian athletes, Casper are all focusing on the distance. None of them do good. Only two of the Norwegian athletes are good. And I just think that they are, have been groomed since they were children's and they're just freaks. And I don't think that they're, they're not, it's not like it's a Norwegian method. It's just, they are two of the best and most talented athletes in the world. Pat, I don't know what you're going to say, but I just wanted to say that because I'm like, what is this uh, Norwegian method? Well, so my, where my thought went was, you know, so Gustav per the rules was allowed to wear the, the big shoes again in Bermuda, but the rules are going to change come Jan 1, 2023. What will be, he's going to lose his advantage with these shoes. And so I wonder, I'm just curious what he's going to be using in 23 and 24. Wait, what's going on with the shoes? Well, he's not, going to be able to shoe that's got a, he's not going to be able to run a shoe that's above a 40 mil stack height. Oh, it's well, then they'll rules. make, presumably then they'll just change it from a 50 mil to a 40 mil. They, those shoes are custom shoes. They're not, they're not. Uh... I, I, I understand, but is there going to, are they still going to have, are they going to have the benefit? Are they going to be as good of a shoe at 40 mil at the permitted stack height? Or what will he lose if they're, you know, presumably 15 mils less? It's just, just curious. Don't need an answer on it, but that's where my head was at when I saw him racing in them on uh, Saturday or Sunday, whatever sure. day the race was. Well, thanks Re for going in the show. Reclose uh, us out, Talbot. Re uh, don't forget out. if you were listening earlier in the show, we chatted about the waterfall opportunity. Uh, we will post some information on that on our Instagram page. Uh, if you know any athletes trying to become professional athletes around that age range, shoot us a message or get them the details. They can sign up for it. Thanks so much. We will see you next week.